I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today, I'm joined once again by Minister Roosevelt Sharif, and today we've decided to talk about the post-pandemic church, our observations, and perhaps some strategies going forward. So if I could put a subject on this conversation, it would be the post-pandemic church and challenges for our consideration. For an encouraging word of scripture, I've selected Galatians 6, 9 to 10, which reads in this way, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. This is the word of the Lord. Now, I believe that it's fair to say that the 2023 in-person church attendance is not what it was in 2019 for many of our local churches. COVID impacted our ability to have in-person church gatherings. And for some church families, attendance has never gone back to the pre-COVID levels of attendance. We were evicted from the normalcy of our lives and and as a result, there have been both gains and losses. I would ask uh, Minister Sharif to kind of share what his observations have been, the impact of the church um, from COVID. You know, it's interesting, uh, Reverend Glover, because the first, uh, the first sermon that was poured into me by the Holy Spirit uh, came from uh, the gospel according to John. And in that fourth chapter, when Jesus is speaking to the Samaritan woman at the well, mm -hmm. and he says, uh, the day will come when we will neither worship uh, on this mountain nor in the synagogue, for God seeks the true worshiper, mm -hmm. the one who worships him in spirit and in truth. And, and what was poured into me for a subject is God is seeking true worshipers. Amen. And, and I think that, you know, uh, scripture tells us uh, that what was meant for evil, uh, God will turn it around for our good. And, and I think that, that the pandemic uh, basically exposed, yeah, for lack of a better word, uh, a lot of people who were pretending mm -hmm. or uh, if I can say prophylion mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and so it, it really shook it, it shook a lot of folk up and, and forced them to deal with a very harsh reality and so church uh, as we know it will never be the same again as a result of this pandemic well, I am. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's okay, man. So I, um, I agree with you. I, I, I think that we were, in terms of gains from COVID, we were afforded the opportunity to step back from the normalcy of our religious routine and reassess our personal relationship with God. Some of us yeah. through COVID even drew closer to God. Than, where, than when we were in attendance in the building. Because sometimes our religious practice, our busyness, our you know, running around and doing the work of the church 
can we can become so busy that we close our ears and our hearts to the voice of God. And, yeah. And COVID yeah. gave us a, a retreat space, a space in which we could engage in some self-examination and and actually rediscover God. Oh yeah. I, um, if I may, mm -hmm. I think that it, it forced us into that sacred space mm -hmm. uh, where God desires for us to be. Um, I once uh, heard a very uh, powerful uh, preacher of the gospel say uh, that God wants to reveal a side of God's self that God has not revealed before the same way that God revealed a side of God's self to Moses mm -hmm. uh, because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew him as Yahweh, uh, El Shaddai, um, Elohim. Uh, however, God reveals God's self to Moses as I am that I am. I'm whoever I need to be whenever I need to be it. And and I believe that God desires to reveal a side of God's self to us in this season that God has not revealed before. Uh, but again, as this profoundly powerful uh, preacher and teacher of the gospel said, we have to be open, available and teachable. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the one and, of the um, one of the lessons learned on, from a practical sense during COVID is now the church was forced to kind of up their technology game, their use of technology, and um, right. and using the technologies that were available to us um, for a greater purpose as opposed to ignoring them. So so far, we mentioned two gains that were um, us being drawn closer to God. And, and, you know, having time to step back from the normalcy of our lives and, and our busyness and, and do some self-examination and, and perhaps revisit our uh, uh, who, who God is for us and who we are right. for God. We have to think about that for a little while. And then we also got yeah. to, to improve on, on some of the use of our technology to, you know, churches with streaming services and, and doing all sorts of things online. Um, but let's turn to the negative impact of COVID. And we know that now even COVID has subsided, but there are still some residual um, impacts of COVID that remain with us today. So what, what could we right. say about that? What are some of the, the negatives that are still with us? Some of the negatives are the fact that, number one, many of the people who have uh, become accustomed uh, to what I refer to as bedside Baptists, mm -hmm. uh, because they have stopped coming into the sanctuary. Uh, so has finances. Right, 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 right. And so many churches are dealing with financial loss as a result of this. Uh, but then also when you talk about churches who have been accustomed to, well, this is the way we've always done it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you do what you've done, you're going to get what you've always got. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, the unfortunate effect of that is the churches that were not able to 
tap into their technology uh, because they never actually thought about building a media ministry. Right. Um, you know, tapping into the technology. And if you're talking about a church that has more elder members who are not technically savvy mm -hmm. and maybe don't have the patience to really or, or have someone that is willing to be patient enough to take them through the various steps mm -hmm. to becoming technically savvy, then that becomes an issue as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So yes, many people are choosing to stay home and watch the stream services, right? And and you 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 refer to them as bedside Baptist. So, um, and then also you mentioned that the the financial support in the ministry has also declined, even to the point of some churches having to close their doors. Right. Which is tragic. I mean, right. I mean, you know, if we don't support the ministry, the lights can't stay on. Um, I really, to tell you the truth, I, I'm I, I don't belong to a church where the the, pa the, the pastor is living a um, lavish lifestyle off the money of the people know. It's about keeping the, the building running and, and you know being able to um, support the ministry to the church. But right. during this pandemic, you know um, some many churches have actually had to close down. So now this thing about staying home, um, the, the, one of the problems about that with that is that, you're cut off. That now the people of God are cut off from interacting in person with the church family. We were never the church was never formed to to for people to fly solo and to and to stay right. home. And so they're missing out on the fellowship of with one another, right? And then another uh, thing that I see is happening really terribly is that during the pandemic, many of the children's activities, let's say Sunday school activities right. were curtailed simply because their in-person, you know, um, their activities in person, such as arts and crafts and whatever else they did in Sunday school, a lot of that came to a halt. So now the children are, are left home and some churches were not even offering any sort of Sunday school activity for the youth. So, right. so um, let's talk about... Um, going forward now that that we've we know that we must accept these hybrid offerings of the church you know online and in person some people are coming back a lot of people are coming back but it's not what it used to be so right. and the good thing about the online streaming and viewing it allows the elderly and the sick who can't yes, come, who can't come out to see the service but I'm going to say this, that we are challenged to further improve our attention to and our connection with our online viewers. The, oh, yeah. the question becomes, how can we better serve them and include them in a participative, you know, to be able to participate in some way, um, even right. though they are online observers? Well, first, we need to make sure that the technology is available to them. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have many seniors that don't have the technology right. available to them in order to actually view. So some are forced to just call in because perhaps they don't have the technology 
or they're not technically savvy mm -hmm. enough to be able to navigate. And so we need to make sure that number one, the technology is available. Uh, number two, uh, if there is no one that is in the home available uh, to access the technology uh, that we are able to uh, take the time to instruct them so that they are able to navigate. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about the, the technical piece is the fact that we, we have the ability to reach masses. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to utilize on that and uh, present uh, the service in a manner that is um, that everyone is able to to receive and enjoy. Mm -hmm. So here's here's my observation as well. So we've a lot of churches have moved to you know streaming services. We got it together how to stream the service. A lot of us, and um, but then we kind of dropped the ball because you may be on YouTube and you may be on. Um, Facebook, right? And that's it. Right. So I think that giving more attention to the social media platform to broaden your your impact, um, you know, it demands more attention. So what about Instagram, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Audible? All of these different platforms can serve right. as platforms for delivering sermons for delivering Christian education and faith-based discussions. And most of the content that comes from the sermons in Sunday school are able to be um, redistributed through those channels as a podcast or, or just a, um, or whatever the, whatever the platform is. So I think that the other thing that happens is, you know, many churches now have websites, right? And right. We, we put up this information and we give practically no attention to the activity that's going on with these websites. Um, you know, is anybody monitoring the analytics and, and establishing open lines of communication with website visitors from around the world? You may have, your church may have a, a global footprint and you don't even know it. Right, right, this is true. <laughs> you know, so we need to, we've gone the first step of, of um, you know, establishing streaming services and, and on Facebook and YouTube, but, but the other platforms are there that also increase the, not only the global footprint, but, you know, give access to students, let's say, who have gone away to college. They can turn on Facebook. Yeah, they can also turn on iTunes if you, if right. you distribute through those platforms. So I think that we can do a better job of expanding the social media platforms that we do participate in and, and then monitor the analytics to um, uh, on the websites to, to, you know, you may find that you have people in Africa and Asia that are really enjoying your services that you know nothing about. They are now part of your viewing audience. And if you don't, right. and you don't respond to them, you don't include them, you may, um, well, let's just lose it, out. Yeah, you may lose out. And you're not Effectively, right. effectively serve, serving the people who are listening in. And, and I, I can't agree with you more on that one. Um, and I think a lot of times we, we, we miss it uh, because we're not engaged enough 
and on top of the things that we need to be on top of, especially in this modern technological world that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, uh, technology is both a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember once I was talking to the congregation about the fact that I never thought that a time would come uh, when a child could come home and tell their parents they were bullied, but the bully wasn't even in the same room. Mm-hmm. How about that? You know, uh, but yeah, sometimes we get so engaged in other things that we, and this is why it is important for us to have a media ministry and to have uh, people who are technically savvy and educated uh, that are willing to to take on uh, these responsibilities and and do the things that we may not you know uh the job of a pastor is not easy that's correct yeah you know and so pastors have to be able to delegate uh but again you know because so many churches basically have shut down because they change is difficult right 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 you know and you know so another thing is that we should also going forward you know we we talked about embracing our you know technology um, in a more efficient and more impactful way but we should also accept the reality that many people left the church um for justifiable reasons other than covid i mean yeah i mean um the church began imploding like the submarine um before covid right oh yeah um young people were leaving you know, elderly elderly people were transitioning onward, and and some folk left because of um, scandalous activity in the church. So we can't blame everything yeah. on COVID, all right? No, yeah. not at all. Not <laughs> you got at all. scandalous activity in the church and yeah. the me- membership and the leadership. Some folks leave because of financial corruption. Some folks leave because of uh, sexual exploitation. Some folks leave right. because there's just poor theology. And, and faulty traditions being practiced. Yeah. You know, some folk, well, some folk have turned the church into a, a gathering in support of wayward political ideologies. You know, <laughs> I, I had a student, I had a student tell me that, you know, Reverend Glover, I would go to church, but the church is following these strange poli- political ideologies. Right. You know, so anyway. Um, then, of course, you have some young folks that are leaving and or have already left because there they, they are met with a spirit of condemnation and shaming and exclusion yeah. and, and the overall lack of love that's offered by the church. So what I'm saying is we can't blame it all on COVID. No, not at all. I, I always say, uh, Rev, that we need to, my uncle uh, was the one that, as I said the last time, really, uh, he was responsible for shaping my embedded theology Mm -hmm. and um i didn't really um well i didn't say i I can't say i didn't really but the things that he said that still stay with me to this day uh one was everything must die in order to live Mm -hmm. uh another thing he said 
was that you always need to understand what your purpose is for being in the building. And you can't allow yourself to get caught up in other people's foolishness. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that I, I teach and preach is that we need to recognize that our purpose for being in the building has nothing to do with the people around us. But our purpose is to strengthen our vertical and horizontal relationship with God through Christ, who is the model. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times people get chased out of the building before they even get to the place where they're able to understand that their purpose for being there has nothing to do with all the naysayers, the finger pointers, the backbiters, uh, the modern day Pharisees. And, and so in their minds, I know they're saying, well, why would I want to come into a place when everyone in the building resembles the same individuals that I'm running away from outside of the building? And I'm always reminded that Jesus, during his ministry, that the master teacher, <laughs> the Galilean carpenter, his greatest, um, his greatest critics were many who were in positions of power. Right. You know, and and so. I recognize that if we are not adopting uh, a God perspective and the mind of Christ, then we will never be able to build God's kingdom here on earth. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, getting back to this idea of staying home, right? Now I can see if you're um, physically challenged in a way where you you know you're sick and shut in and you can't come out to the church, but just to be comfortable um, and watching church the services from your couch, I think that the um, we must be reminded that, that the lack of the in-person fellowship is in fact harmful to the church. Um, there's there's the the power in the fellowship of the believers. There, yeah. you know, we we know that they say iron sharpens iron. We know that, yes, that we know that God gives the spiritual gifts to the believers for the edification of the body, right? Body. And there's right. there's a spiritual value to our collective gatherings. So yes, there is. each one of us is gifted in a way, right? In some kind of way by the by the Holy Spirit. But what happens yes. if you keep your gift and you stay home? <laughs> what happens? What happens when we know that God has prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies, but we don't come and take a seat at the table. So when, right. when that happens, are... when that happens, the church is missing out on the, the fullness of the gifts operating. You right. know, we're interdependent upon one another. So, you know, what all I'm saying is that we should all, both young and old, as we are able, consider right. at this point coming back to the church. Yeah, we COVID are is over. one body. COVID yes. is over. <laughs> right. We and you know the interesting thing is that Rev, many people also suffered um, with some major 
um, some major issues regarding being exposed to other people mm-hmm. as a result of COVID. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, which is crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, but but yeah, we are one body, and so the arm cannot function without the legs. The legs cannot function without the feet. Uh, the eyes cannot function, you know. Um, so yeah, we are one body. And you know, and, and we... go, going forward, I would think that this post-pandemic church really needs to think beyond the walls of the church, as they say, and embrace yeah. the communities that they are in, as opposed to simply catering to its members and sustaining the membership that's there. I think we need to right. do more community engagement, being act, being more active in, in the community, I believe is critical to being transformational in this world. You know, so, right. so well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what did Jesus tell us? What was the great commission? Mm-hmm. To go ye there for mm-hmm. <laughs> and make disciples. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we that is what we are called to do um, and and it should be uh, we, we have to think about a global ministry mm-hmm. um, and technology affords us the ability to be able to do that but we have to get out of that um, box mentality and and think outside of the box and and recognize again uh, you know i believe that this was purposed for a divine reason mm-hmm. and god wants us to be able to see ministry from a different perspective mm-hmm. yeah i think you know, um, because i think that i think that um even our um event programming needs to become more inclusive for the people in the communities that we are operating in. I mean, the events, the programming should offer some sort of multicultural, uh, even interfaith constituencies to come on in and and be a part of something right. at, at the church. So we shouldn't have a, um, a black church. I mean, you know, or, right. or white church or Puerto Rican church right. or Puerto Rican church we should we should open the doors for folks to come on in and, yeah. and be part of, be part of this um, transformation uh, one of my mentors um, in the ministry once said that they wanted to create a space where people from all different walks of life mm-hmm. uh, would feel welcome and you know, I believe that we have more commonalities than differences. Uh, that was one of the beautiful things about being a student at at New York Theological, mm-hmm. uh, because there's such a diverse um, theological culture, so to speak. And and I think we need to embrace. Uh, our commonalities mm-hmm. and and that is the way we grow in our understanding 
of one another. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, lastly, I want to um, just say, and I know this is close to your heart, that there needs to be a greater focus on the needs of the youth of the church and the youth in the community. When we, when we yeah. share the gospel with them, this truth of the gospel must be made relative to their lived experience. Right. Um, we, have to, we, we have to know, um, we need to teach the scripture in a way that they can um, draw truth from. Yeah. As opposed to just memorizing scriptures for the sake of memorizing scripture. You, I, you are absolutely right, Rev. And what is so interesting uh, that you would say that is many of the young kings and queens that I encounter, um, I don't, I don't hit them in the head with scripture, um, but I, I first empower them to recognize that their spiritual DNA is is beyond comparison to any other. And I try to stress to them the importance of them recognizing that they are powerful beyond measure. And a lot of times when I simply say something like, listen, if nobody told you today they loved you, I just need you to know that I love you but God loves you more than you would ever even be able to imagine. And they just, they look at me and they're like, yo, I really needed to hear that, man. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, you know, they need to know that they have shoulders to stand on and you and I are standing on the shoulders of those that, that came before us. We're standing on the shoulders of, of the Dr. Hunt mm-hmm. and and um, God rest his soul, uh, Dr. Weaver and, mm-hmm. and uh, my, my late father in ministry, Dr. Roberts and, and many others. Uh, I, I could go on and on and on, but they need to know that they have shoulders to stand on. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose behind from hip hop to hallelujah is to help them to recognize that yeah uh the only there's no separation between you and i mm-hmm. and the only thing that separates us is this podium but listen i've been where you've been mm-hmm. and so there is really no difference between you and I, but I need you to know that I got your back and they need to know that they're loved, appreciated, and that when they are in search of counsel, that they're not going to be ridiculed and condemned mm-hmm. for being honest about the way they feel. Well, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I, I was told by a student who was suffering with um, uh, mental wellness that if he told his parents, they would confront him with violence. Wow. And so he was basically shamed out of, out of facing his problem. He couldn't even go to his own parents with his, um, with his problems. And, you know, 
this is this is shameful and it's sad. Um, yeah. So the church, you know, as we go forward in this post-pandemic, we need to invest money. Not only our time and our spiritual knowledge and all of this and that and the other, but we need to support the youth ministry financially. They need to be able. Yeah. To, they need to be able to go on retreats for their spiritual wellness. That you know. Yeah, they, they do. They need. They need to to be able to um, have access to the resources um, that are available. We need to make those resources available to um, sustain them in these troubling times. And you know, um, this will uh, help us develop faith leaders of tomorrow, and it's a step towards healing this post-pandemic church. Right, you you are absolutely right. Many of our youth suffer in silence uh, because they don't feel comfortable enough to be able to open up. And like you said, to the ones that are closest to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it should not be that way. Their voices and, shouldn't and be if, silenced. No. And, and if we are exemplifying a, a Christ mindset and a God perspective, then there is no way on God's green earth uh, that we could turn a blind eye, turn a blind eye to them or, or alienate them when they come to us. Amen. Amen. They should never. You know, they should uh, never feel like they can't come to you. No, because God doesn't do that when we come to God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's not the God I know. Amen. Well, we are we are just about out of time. Um, I'm going to leave with this scripture that we we opened up with, which is Galatians six nine and ten. And it's perfectly um, relevant to our condition as a, as a church. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You've been listening to Faith Talk. I want to thank Minister Roosevelt Sharif for coming on, and, and I want to thank the listeners for being a part of our listening community that is growing day by day and, and creating a, a global footprint. Um, you know, it's not about the numbers, but just we hope that somebody somewhere along the line gets inspired by something that was said. Now, I would encourage you to visit the website, www.reverendjstuartglover.com and sign up for the mailing list. You can register as a guest on the show. Contact me directly by email. Um, Minister Sharif, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, man, thank you for having me. And I, I want to encourage everyone out there that is listening uh, to not allow yourselves to become consumed by what it looks like to you. Uh, because what it looks like to you is not what it looks like to God. And God is the divine ophthalmologist who must sometimes perform divine cataract surgery on us removing our clouded top lenses and replacing them with divine lenses so that we can see this through God's eyes and not our own. Preach, my brother, preach. (laughs) (laughs) That, that That was good. That was good. Well, God bless you all. Thanks for coming in, and we'll see you next time.